The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. What if we did a call-in show and nobody called? Fifteen million Americans are estimated to have had near-death experiences, but few want to talk about it. Well, we're hoping that NDE Radio will begin to change that situation. Here's the number to call, 888-463-6748. This is IAN's NDE Radio, brought to you by the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, for this weekly exploration of NDEs and related mystical experiences. You can join this show on Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, or catch it later on our website at nderadio.org. I opened with a question, what if we did a call-in show and nobody called? Well, folks, we have that covered, but in the meantime, please note our call-in number, 888-463-6748. In the meantime, let me uh, give you a, an NDE story from the files of the International Association for Near-Death Studies. This is a biker guy who, who had a heart attack. And this is from um, March, two, this is uh, one of our monthly choices from March of 2012. He writes, I was sitting in a bar drinking and smoking with my biker buddies. We were out partying on our Harleys. Then it happened. I got weak and started sweating. The brothers saw me fading and asked, what's up? Told him I needed to go outside for some cool air. Went out and sat down on the first bike I saw, which was a big no-no. But I was fading fast and I needed to sit. The world started spinning and I hit the dirt. Lying on the dirt, unable to move, I started to laugh. I always laugh when I get scared or have extreme pain. I was looking down at me thinking, great, I'm helpless as a newborn baby. Then it hit me, I'm looking at me. Gravity pulled me into this dark place, total darkness, and I was scared the blank out of me. Then my brother called to me, up here, he said. I looked up, and there he was, looking young and strong. I realized I was in some kind of hole. Get me out of here, dog. He lifted me out of my hole and slapped me on the back. We hugged. I'd not seen him in a couple of years. You see, dog is dead. So I'm dead now, I asked. He told me, nobody ever dies, we just change. I looked around and I could see the whole of everything, planets, suns, the whole enchilada. I felt good, safe, loved, and not scared no more. He told me, you have to go back. No thanks, I said, my life sucks and this place is good. He said, it's not your decision, it's God's will. I said, why can't I stay? He told me, you haven't finished this life, you have work to do. Then pictures of my children popped out like 3D or holograms. It was like I was transported back to earth. I was lying in the dirt again. I sat up, felt fine physically, but my mind was confused. The next day I called in sick and went to a walk-in clinic. They hooked me up to a machine and told me I had a heart attack. They did all kinds of blood tests. They put me down, sent a camera up my leg looking for the problem area, but they didn't find anything. They have me taking all kinds of pills. 
I'm not worried. I'm stuck here for the next 20 years or so till I finish my job. So I'm different now, way different. I can see what people are thinking or feeling. I just see it, and I'm never wrong. I think about love all the time. I forgave my ex for cheating on me. I love a baby that's not for me. He's my family. Oh, yeah, I care about my family a lot more. I'm more involved with my family. I mean, I'm all up in their business. I quit drinking and smoking. I feel like God is inside of me, and I can get instruction from him. I just have to ask, and the answer comes. My anger is gone. There's a bunch of other stuff. I I could go on for a long time. I could write a book on how to behave and what lies ahead in the future. My brain has more horsepower and moves at light speed. I'm reading all the time. If the old me met me now, the old one would call me a sheep. (laughs) All right, that's the story from uh, the files of Ions. All right, do we have any callers out there? Let me give you that number again. 888-463-6748. We have uh, Janet on the line. Janet, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Okay, um, I that was a beautiful story. Um, it reminded me of, of another experience I had, but I also had a question. So it's been a lot, lots of years ago that... Um, we lived in Iowa, and there was some uh, active paranormal, paranormal activity at this house we lived in that was non-threatening. But one winter, uh, I was outside, and I slipped on the ice and hit my head on the cement. And I remember when it happened, um, it sounded like a glove hit me in the head, like, poof, it didn't hurt. Uh-huh. Um, and I heard it clearly, but it was like being hit with a with a glove. It wasn't like I conked my head on the cement. Well, in that instant, I went to went down a hall, and someone was opening doors and showing me out these doors. And the second door that we went to, they opened the door, and I saw all out in the universe. I mean, all the stars, you know, the dark sky and everything. And I was going to go through there, and they said, "Oh no, you can't go through there now. You can't, you can't go in there now. You have to go back." And just in that moment, then I woke up, and I'm laying on the ground, and you know that that went off from there, and I had a slight concussion and all this stuff. Um, I don't recall coming back with the clarity and all the changes that you described with this biker. Um, that was a wonderful gift and gifting that he received with his experience. Um, so my yeah. question is, at this house, I saw this little boy and little girl at the top of the stairs, and it was in the daytime, um, and these were young children. Um, my question with that is, we've all seen a lot of things, a lot of your listeners, and that's why they listen, you know, um, has anybody come back from near-death experiences and actually given information about why we see people like we see them without a body um, and they fade away and it's like we're looking into another dimension? Um, has anybody come back with information about why or how this happens? Well, one of the things that near-death experiencers report is 
when the near-death experience is going on, many of them uh, feel like they have the answer to every question they ever had. They understand the nature of the world, the nature of our role in the world, the nature of the universe and the spirit world. They have it all. They've got it so clear. And then when they're back in their bodies and their brains kick in again, uh, a lot of that is lost. I, I had a friend, um, I'm not sure I mentioned it on the show before, who had a, a Gramal seizure, and while the electricity was surging through her brain and pretty much incapacitating her brain, she uh, had that feeling that she knew the answer to everything. And she said when she, when she came out of it, she, all of that was gone. So I think, um, in some ways, our brain gets in the way of our, of our bigger consciousness, of our soul consciousness, if you will. Um, tell me a little about these uh, kids you saw. Were they, uh, were they what people describe as ghosts? Had, was there a history of their being in the house? Um, yeah, there was, um, there was history. We finally did some research, and I did find out that, the, that children had, had died in the early 1900s. Um, this house was built originally by Brigham Young's, Young's people that came through Iowa going north on their way to Utah, you know, back in the way early days when they had enough uh, men, it, I guess it was like an army, they traveled along these states and made way for the people coming behind them. So they built houses and set up communities and whatnot, and then they moved on, and then the people would come in and occupy. So the original house was built, you know, for that purpose. And then later in the early 1900s, um, or maybe mid-1900s, then it was occupied by you know, other residential people. Um, but these children had died with some, uh, I don't know, pneumonia, some sickness. And I, because they looked, um, they didn't necessarily look like ghosts. I could see them plain and clear. I could see their clothing. They did not look like, uh, you know, like real pioneer kids. They looked kind of like city kids in their um, the the little boy had a little short sleeve plaid shirt on, you know, and the little girl had um, I could see a sort of a pink shirt on her. So they kind of were more modern children, but um, I only saw what them sort of- one time. There was a lot of other activity that would happen in that house, but uh, none of it was they- threatening, and none of it scared us. Okay, that was my next question. What was there? Did you did you sense an attitude? Were they curious about you, or angry that you were there, or or were they looking for companionship? And what did uh, you do about it? I felt like they were. Um, I was fixing to go up the stairs when I looked up and saw them at the top of the stairs, and it looked to me like they were just standing there observing me. And then they, because uh, it was only moments, and then they just faded away. You know, they just kind of disappeared. Um, mm-hmm. So there wasn't any real... Um, I just continued up the stairs. I probably had a longer basket in my hand. Um, and I just continued on. Um, didn't really sense any real attitude with them. I didn't get any information from them. They didn't speak to my mind or my ears. And, you know, it was just fleeting moments. But I never saw them again, so I kind of now, all these years looking back, maybe they were just 
letting me know they were there, you know, making their presence mm-hmm. known or, you know, just letting me be aware of them is is all I can figure because I didn't really get any information from them at all. But um, the near-death experience mm-hmm. thing is real, you know, of a real interest to me, and especially because people come back with information. So that's Well, that's, that's right, and... and- and also gifts of prophecy sometimes. Um, they uh, sometimes become much more artistic. Um, they, they tend generally to be um, um, no longer afraid of dying because they've seen the other side, and it's good for the most part. We do have a few stories where people have seen bad things, but usually that's a very temporary state that evolves into a better state if they're, longer, if they're there long enough. Have you seen any other ghosts in, at any time? Oh, uh, yes, yes. That that kind of um, follows the pattern in my life, um, and I'm not quite sure why, you know, uh, nobody really has any answers for us that, what, what <laughs> like that movie, you know, I see dead people. So nobody really has any answers why this happened. Um, I have had in my life, several instances where um, basically I died and didn't, you know, didn't connect it to anything until I started uh, visiting people with people like yourself and getting a little information in my old age now that, oh my God, you know, that could have been connected to a near-death experience for me. You know, why I'm able to see these things and, and know some of these things, commu- com, you know, communicate with some of these people. Because everybody Very. that that doesn't have a body has a story. And there's some of us that get those stories and can actually it's very write possible. down their lives. I was going to say it's very possible that you had a near-death experience that you don't remember the details of, but you got the gifts from it. If you have, uh, if you've had psychic experiences since that time, yeah. even that fall where you hit your head. Yeah, one of the things I wondered was, like my mother, when I was born, uh, my mother almost died, um, and she had scarlet fever when I was born. So that had to affect me in the womb. I wasn't born yet. I was born, say, a week later. But she almost died giving birth to me. So that had to have affected me somehow. And maybe, you know, the cutoff of the blood flow or the nutrients or whatever, you know, all the things that feed the baby, maybe that was part of my story too. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the brain is uh, growing at such a rapid rate and the uh, so many so many changes are happening in the you know, just before a baby's born and, and, of course, in the couple of years, few years after that. I wonder, and this is pure speculation, I don't know, maybe someone out there listening would know, but I wonder if um, exp- near-death experiences that happen at that tender age uh, are more likely to give you lifelong gifts or more powerful gifts than if someone in middle age has a near-death experience and then comes back with, a, you know, with some additional properties they didn't they weren't exhibiting before i wonder if because of our ability to you know to grow is so great when we're tiny 
uh, maybe uh, maybe we get something more out of it at that point in our lives. Boy, that's a that's a real thoughtful thought process, Lee. Um, I'm, I will think on that a little bit um, because until this moment, I never connected uh, what happened to my mom to my own story that might possibly be a near death experience for me. And I imagine there's plenty of us out there that have had that experience and never connected it to a near-death experience, you know, for ourselves. Um, So there's probably hundreds and hundreds of people out there that, you know, should be calling in, telling their stories and all these weird and and, um, interesting things that happen to them in their life that's got a reason for it, and they've just never even connected you know the two things together. It's amazing. In my job as 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 a hospital chaplain, um, how many people have access to um, visions, near death experiences, um, mysterious things that they can't explain, things that have happened in their life? And if I just bring up the subject, they are actually often anxious to talk about it because no one has ever wanted to hear about it before. Uh, people. Um, sometimes are put off or frightened by uh, mysterious experiences of any kind, whether it's uh, seeing a ghost or a near-death experience. And so one of the one of the reasons that IANS, International Association for Near-Death Studies, even exists is to assure people that really, if they've been given this gift of a of a vision um, of the other side of the spiritual world that it's really incumbent upon them to share it with people. And that's, of course, why we uh, got this radio uh, program started in the first place, was to give people a a platform where they can talk with relative anonymity about their experience and uh, let more people know about it. Because the more people hear these stories, the more they're going to say, oh, yeah, my mother told me (laughs) once upon a time about a ghost that she saw. In fact, my mother did see a ghost uh, in a little apartment in uh, New York, in Yonkers, New York, when I was just a kid. And she never wanted to talk much about it, but uh, eventually she did, and uh, she even told my sister that she believed it was um, her grandmother, I guess, my great-grandmother, and uh, who was wow. visiting shortly after I was born to, to um, sort of let my mother know that she was watching over and approving of the whole thing and so forth. Uh, when I was a little girl, I, I saw, I was at a, my, my great-grandmother's house in, in Upper Mississippi and came down in the middle of the night for something. Now, this is an old, you know, huge old farmhouse out in the middle of the woods in Mississippi. Um, no paint, you know, <laughs> the, the whole country scene. Um, came down the stairs. I must have been 9, 10, 11, 12, some, somewhere in that age. And there was a little girl at the bottom of the stairs, and she had a, a gown on, a white gown, and she had long, blonde hair, and I came down the stairs, none of the lights were on, but I saw her clearly, and I said, oh, hi, and she said, well, hi, and I said, well, who are you, and she said, well, when I grow up, they're going to call me a saint, and she, it was Saint Philomena, and I lived my whole life remembering that experience and not having a clue. We were Protestant, we were Baptist, um, didn't have any Catholic friends, didn't even know what a saint was, 
lived my whole life remembering that, but not finding out anything about her until maybe 10 years ago. And then when that popped back into my life, I remembered that experience clearly and then found out a little bit about this this saint who died as a young girl. And I still don't know what gifts she brought to the world, but even to that extent with these kind of people, the people that we call saints and mystics, I'm wondering if they too didn't have near-death experiences somewhere along the way to bring these magical things, you know, to earth. Uh, I believe we're all born prodigies, and I believe that um, from my own life experience that parenting does not teach you how to bring the prodigy out of your child. If that child is not already um, extraordinarily inclined to, and with strength and determination to express their gifts, um, parenting does not teach us how to bring the prodigy out of that child. So with these saints and mystics and all these people that we have that are so, so extraordinary, you know, I do wonder if they haven't had near-death experiences. I don't know if they've been documented um, mm. P- or if P- they P- just sat under the Bodhi tree like Buddha did, you know, and all of a sudden <laughs> got all of yeah. this magic stuff, you know. There's a woman named PMH Atwater who has written several books on the subject, of, especially about children, and sees uh, the possibility of a whole new generation of enlightened children who will have more and more of these gifts just naturally, almost as if they're spiritually evolving. My fear is, and I've mentioned this to, to uh, uh, PMH, is that um, their their kids are so distracted these days by the electronics, by video games and uh tv and and the internet and so forth that perhaps they're they're uh, missing the point of why they're being born into the world because they're they're so caught up in in uh, other people's fantasies that they can't see the real mystery experience that should be happening in their life you know lee i don't know um i bet my parents thought the same thing about my generation and I'm in, I'm 60 now. And I have evolved in spite of all the things that we had and didn't have. And I believe that these children, um, eventually they'll evolve to what, what is that saying? Nature will find a way. I, I believe the, the spirit of a person is way stronger than the distraction that we have in daily life, I I believe that they are going to evolve anyway. And since they're the ones to run the world, um, they're going to evolve in the way that the world needs them to evolve, and they're going to evolve in the way that um, our spirituality as a world needs them to evolve. Um, I I don't know that you can hold that back. Is what I'm saying, and of course that's purely speculation too. But I'm thinking they're going to evolve anyway. And you know, we only yeah, need but... a little bit. And I look at the, you know, my grandchildren. They only need a little bit of wisdom from grown-ups and other experiences to 
to light fires in their soul. And they're going to get that from a lot of different directions. So the distractions we may see that as, oh, my God, you know, our generation's doomed, our world is doomed. But our generation came up, we evolved, (laughs) and we're way different than our parents were. And we're way capable of handling in our world what we have to deal with today. And our parents thought we were, you know, all hippies and flower children and all this stuff. And we did do all those things. But we still evolved. That's true. That's true. Well, Janice, thank you so much for calling in. Um, We've used up most of the show's time, but let me see if there's anyone else out there that wants to to say a few words to us. Please, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, The number to call is 888-463-6748. And if if you don't get a chance to talk to us today, we'll be doing call-in shows. uh, uh, I I hope we'll do at least one every month uh, because there are lots of people out there who've had near-death experiences who ought to be talking about them. I don't see any names coming up, so let me tell you a short story. Uh, this is a, this was a story that came into Ian's from a liver transplant recipient. He said, uh, he wrote, I am a liver transplant recipient. My NDE was the result of complications from a follow-up operation. They decided to take a liver biopsy as other tests failed to find out why my condition was deteriorating so rapidly. And this went horrendously wrong. The probe tore a gash in the side of the liver and punctured my right lung and diaphragm. This resulted in my death for six minutes. I felt the presence of my donor with me during the NDE. In other words, the donor person who had donated the liver obviously had died. For the next week, I lay in a coma and was aware of myself as a dual body. Whenever I tried to move, it was as if there was another body shadowing me. I referred to my donor as she when I spoke with my doctor next. My doctor asked, how do you know the donor is female? I was right. She is always with me and visits and dreams. We talk, sort of, but I never remember what about. It's not scary, but rather comforting, mostly. Interesting, interesting take on that story. Well, I am very appreciative to uh, Janice having called in for us and um, talking about her experience Especially with those little, those little ghostly children. It's interesting too. I'm thinking now. There's a saint, and saints are supposed to. Tradition tells us saints are supposed to go to heaven. And why would there be a saint who was a ghost? But saints also have been known in the Catholic tradition to have appeared to people, to have um, brought messages. You have um, uh, Mary. Marian apparitions, they call them, in places like Fatima where, and Magigoria, where people have seen um, uh, a visitation like that. And, uh, and it's always a matter of communicating something, of bringing a spiritual message, or at least a reminder that that world is out there waiting for us, that we're as much or maybe more a part of that than we are uh, a part of the Earth. And also... There is a connection between the two, a strong connection. What as above, so below. Well, that's it for our second call-in show of NDE Radio. If you'd like to hear this or any other 
NDE radio shows again. They are all archived thanks to Talk Zone Radio at uh, the site NDE, Near Death Experience, nderadio.org. And for more information on near death experiences and the work of IANS, check out our website, IANS.org. And be here next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, for more NDE radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs>